Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss what if Josh Thanos came to the MCU? Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan, a Marvel podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic universe. My name is Tyler Borland and with me always is Danny Vincent. I'm Danny Vincent. That's me. I'm here. But wait a second. Who else is here? Oh, it's our special guest. The spoiler alert. <laughs> ah, from this point on, we will discuss the latest episode of What If and possible spoilers for future productions. We do not claim to have knowledge of said future spoilers, but will gladly take full credit if they come true. We will not address leaks. But if our speculations align, it's purely coincidence. Now, we're going to discuss the second episode of Marvel's What If T'Challa Was a Star-Lord. I think that's the opposite title. Maybe it's T'Challa Became a Star-Lord. I don't know. Tyler forgot to write it down. (laughs) I did. And we still have Loki season one finale for all time always. (laughs) I was hoping you were going to read that. No, no, I know it's uh, a... You're not going to mess me up this week. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I thought... Uh, this episode was very cool and lots of fun. Um, it definitely felt like a true alternate take. Uh, the butterfly effect was very much felt throughout this episode. Much better job with the storytelling and the pacing. Yes, I agree. But to be fair there, part of that is because the first episode is really just a remake of a two-hour movie. And this was like, yeah. no, nah, we're going to tell a totally different story and actually structure it so it fits within this time frame that we have for ourselves. Anyway, for me, I think this episode kind of single-handedly justifies this show existing, uh, even if you ignore the passing of Chadwick Boseman. But with it, this serves as a phenomenal tribute to him. But moreover, this is like a really legitimately good, weird story that combines like two, like literally, like I, I say is the best Marvel, like there are three great Marvel properties to me. Those are Thor. Guardians of the Galaxy, and Black Panther. This combines two of them to a great, great success and is a really good original story that also feels really weird that could only work in this medium and in the runtime it's given. I would watch a full show of Charles Star-Lord of the Ravagers. It was so yeah. good. Um, yeah. Especially because I figure with the way this episode ends, um, if you were to do, if this was to be a spinoff, you know, like a pilot, the sequel, mm-hmm. the show could bring in, of course, Okoye and Shuri and stuff like that, too, along with more yeah. galactic Star-Lord T'Challa. But we have to ask a question. I have to ask you a question that we got to we gotta get out of the way immediately. And it's going to sound like I'm being a little callous asking this because that's just how I sound. But I'm just being honest. Is Did you cry? I, I didn't. Wow. He's heartless. I didn't cry cry. I definitely teared up at two points. Uh, one of them obviously being the dedication at the end. Uh, the other one being like the scene where like Yondu was talking and he was just like, wherever you are, T'Challa, you're going to shine bright in the world. I was like, man, that really hits so hard. Like mm-hmm. considering every, it honestly felt like one of those things that I'm kind of curious to rewatch it. And I don't want to be like, listen to Chadwick's performance and see if he's actually reacting. But it felt like the type of thing where they had the recordings and they wrote something around it for Michael Rooker to say almost gotcha uh yeah but i'm not sure 
And I also think that works way better in animation because the time I'm thinking of is in um, Furious 7. There's a scene where Paul Walker's on the phone with uh, the woman who plays as the light, Jordana Brewster. I forgot her name for a second. Uh, and she's like totally like giving stuff like, you better come home. You better. And he's just like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's very obvious the scene was not in the original thing. And yeah. <laughs> they just wrote it around her being on the phone. Uh, I'm curious though. Maybe it's not like that, um, but that scene to me really felt. I got emotion. I didn't cry though. We're we're men. Toxic masculinity. We refuse to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Digging in. So let's talk uh, about those characters. Uh, T'Challa, Star Lord. Um, yeah, he's he was a lot of fun. Um, I just realized. Sorry, go on. I just realized up? you didn't actually list my favorite character in this episode, so I'm gonna add him right now. Uh, but anyway, go on. Sorry. Uh, were you about to Charles Starler? Yeah, he's a really fun character. <laughs> I, I don't know. I lost. I'm trying to remember who that character is. That no, you I'll just tell you. I'll tell you. Next. I'll tell you when we get to it. I'll tell you when we get to it. We're talking about the Charles Starlord now. The Charles Starlord. What'd you think? I, I thought it, it made a lot of sense. The, the <laughs> <laughs> I, I, okay. All right, I'll, I'll go. I think T'Challa, well, first, <laughs> I think I, I, I mentioned I mentioned this briefly on an Eternals episode. That I think this episode like is like, it just kind of posits the idea that Peter Quill is such a loser. <laughs> it, that, uh, well, but also like T'Challa is such like a good character and a strong character that people want to naturally follow. Uh, <laughs> we need to, we need to not be typing when I talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Especially saying yas. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, no, but okay. So I think, but also it's just like one, this is going to be the last time we ever really see T'Challa in a leading role. Uh, and I think even ignoring Chadwick for a second and don't worry, I'll go back to time about Chadwick. Um, this episode, more than anything since um, Chadwick passed, made me realize, man, people have been talking about how Black Panther Wakanda Forever will be fine because the supporting cast is so good. But T'Challa himself is such a good character. And the thing is, is that to talk briefly about Black Panther and its reception is when Black Panther came out, everyone's like, oh, T'Challa's the most boring person in this movie. You know, like he just makes... The supporting cast is so I good, mean, but he's kind of dull. Well, this was what I, I'm just saying. This is like the comments. I don't agree with them, but this was like a big talking point when the movie well, came out. That it well, was I like, can, like I, yeah. I can see why they would say that because, and I don't want to get too in depth with this because I'm sure we'll we'll review um, Black Panther down the road. Um, but I like I can t- like that T'Challa is he's much more of a grounded T'Challa. That, well, you know, and like he's got to be that for for Wakanda and as the as the leader, as the, you know, well, I think of this nation. My thing but, to me with Black Panther, which I'll say very briefly, is I think that particular opinion comes more from the fact that that's the movie that introduced you to Shuri, Okoye and Killmonger, all of which are really cool characters. And of course, since they're the new ones, they're the ones you're going to really focus on. You know, mm, at least that's where my yeah. my perspective for that. Comes. But my point is this episode takes T'Challa, puts him in a group of characters that we all know is really great, 
And to me, he's still he's the best part of the episode still. Like, yes, there are other fun roles in it, which we'll talk about in a bit. But this is T'Challa's story through and through. And it's a great story that really gets the essence of his character while stripping away his, you know, his royalty and just really mm-hmm. looking at who T'Challa is and why he is a good person. And it kind of goes back also to what I remember saying when he passed away to my mom uh, was that in a world of superheroes where everyone in this movie, these movies are always a wisecrackers. Black Panther has a seriousness to him that still can be fun. We see it in this episode. And he does wisecrack in this episode, but he never loses his sense of, um, I'm trying to think of what the good word for, I don't want to say composure, but you, you, get, you get what I'm saying though, right? He never really loses his sense of identity and how he is mm-hmm. he really is considerate and emotional and thoughtful. I think that's where I'm, I think I'm just looking for the word thoughtful, a very easy word to yeah. look for. But, and this was like, man, this was such a good send off to him in a way. And it's I, a bummer that I it had really, to be a send off. I really like that it wasn't it wasn't a Chadwick Boseman Star Lord that was just doing a uh, an impression of uh Chris Pratt Star Lord. You know, yeah. it was a like it was a it was still an entirely other character cuz he was he was kidnapped at 8, the age of 8. Was I don't it? Some it's supposed um, to be he's supposed to be the same age as Peter. Yeah, Peter Quill. He's gotcha. Be, so so yeah. like but he, he still eight eight years of age. Um, you've you've got some some morals, you know. Like these these kids know kids eight year olds know what's right or wrong, and uh, and so so yeah. Like it was good seeing that like stick through, like with him um, as he was raised up by Yondu. Yeah, it's something where it's interesting because, in my opinion, you can kind of see in the Guardians movies... Well, of course, no, because Yondu is really not a good person. And no. Peter rubs off, on, rubs off on him to make him a better person, you know? But in this, again, it kind of goes back to my thing where I was like, this episode really does not make Peter Quill look good, <laughs> is that T'Challa makes him a so much better person and the Ravagers mm-hmm. are so much better organization. And it's just really, it, it's really, like, I don't want to be, because I've said actually before, I hate the word wholesome, but there's something about this portrayal and the amount of respect given both to the characters in space and to T'Challa's that this feels like a totally cohesive parallel universe. And kind of what you were saying, I was really glad this episode wasn't like last week's where it just remade Guardians of the Galaxy, but now Chadwick Boseman is voicing Star-Lord. It was a totally different story that just featured some of the characters we used. And because T'Challa was there, they were so... I, we're going to get into them, but outside of Yondu and the ra- like the core Ravagers, everyone was crazy different from their, uh, I don't know, prime version, their prime version. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. let's talk about Yondu. Yep. Talk yeah, about Yondu. Yondu. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Actually, wait. Uh, wait, wait. Well, no, because I mean, we... we well, you know what? We you, we'll talk, talk about Yandu. About him. Well, yeah. Well, yeah I, I want to like, talk you, about his you, voice acting. Just because I said oh, our okay. voice acting notice for later is about the other characters. Uh, but I was a, if I was a disappointing aspect to the episode, it was Michael Rooker's voice acting to me. Um, I was expecting a bit more from him because he has voiceover experience. And to me, he never actually hit that Yandu voice. 
I thought Chadwick did a pretty good job. Um, I think it's interesting. His performance is interesting just because it is a very different version of T'Challa, but still feels like T'Challa at its heart. Um, but with Yondu, I don't know. He never actually hit the like the grittiness of Yondu's voice to me. Because I always think about how Yondu's like, what's, what's the line he has in Guardians 2? He's like, uh, what does he say? He's like, defend the small quarter. You, you know what I'm saying, right? He's like, you got, I got him to get him to grab stuff for me. You know, steal stuff. Cap I don't know. says we got to do stuff. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's Craglin. I'm trying to think of Yondu. Sean Gunn, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, by the way, I also, I, I was actually surprised when the credits rolled and I saw it was Sean Gunn. He did also did not reach that voice to me. It was weird. Because I don't think their voices are that hard to do in these yeah. movies. And they neither of them really got there for me, which is a little disappointing. But as I said earlier, anyway, Jan, it's not like Michael Rooker did a bad job. But like I said, he still got me tearing up a bit. So it was just a little disappointing to me. But he's probably the one yeah. who yeah, is closest to his canon version, though. Yeah, this. yeah. Um, and fun. then we had Nebula Femme Fatale. Um I don't know why she was a blonde. Yeah, I she, I, I don't know. I I was honestly I was like when I when I saw when I saw her I was like, who is that? And then I was like, oh that's Karen Gillan. Oh that's Nebula. Okay, yeah. Like the the hair kind of th- you know it threw me off because we're I'm used to seeing. Uh, so. Well, it's also just to be blonde. I think I it's not. Ex- it's like, cool. She, she doesn't seem like she. Maybe this is a stereotype, but I did never, never would imagine that Nebula would have. Well, it's not even a stereotype. I don't even think she'd have like brown hair. I, she's an alien. You know what I mean? I was thinking like, oh, maybe green, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe some bright orange. No, it's it's blonde. And I was like, okay, sorry, go on. That's just where I was stuck on. Was she's blonde? <laughs> I mean. I wasn't wasn't really stuck on the on the hair on the hair color. <laughs> okay, um, sorry, but uh, you cancel me. <laughs> you're canceled. <laughs> yep. And I'm I well, I've already called the Suicide Squad as my DC movie that I cover, okay. So I, you've got to find something else. I don't know if you saw my letterbox. I didn't really like it that much anyway. Hot take, but that's a, okay. that's a different conversation. You, you can, can sh- you can. I, just constantly watch 2016 Suicide Squad. Oh, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, I will say also if Nebula, is, well, one, I outside of the hair thing, I did really like her role in the episode as a femme fatale. Yeah. I also think of the cast here more than anyone, even though there are other really good performances in here that we'll get to. I think Karen Gillan's experience as a voice actor really paid off here more than anyone. I thought she did really well voicing the mm-hmm. character in a different way. It still really got to the core of it. Uh, and even when we get bizarre moments like her saying like, oh, dad, to Thanos, it yeah. works. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I yeah, just thought Nebula, she did a really good job. Or Karen Gillan. Yeah, Karen Gillan did a really good job uh, with that. Um, also, I really, liked, I really liked this take on Nebula. And I didn't mind that we didn't have the Gamora stuff with that yeah. which i assume maybe because uh, i mean depending on what when t'challa star lord convinced thanos to become <laughs> josh thanos uh maybe he hadn't 
I don't know, maybe he hadn't attacked uh, Gamora's planet by that yeah. point. You know, well, I don't know. I, don't know. I feel I don't know how Gamora's supposed to be. I feel like that. Yeah, because that I, timeline. I feel really... I feel like Gamora and Star Lord are close to the same age. But... Well, to me, my whole thing is at least mm, the way I view mm. it. What? Actually, actually, no. Okay, so Peter Quill was um, abducted in 1988, and Gamora's planet was attacked in 1995. So there's at least a good six years between them. So T'Challa Star-Lord would have still been, could have still been, I mean, he would have been like 14 to maybe convince Thanos to be good. Okay, so here's the thing. It's like, even if she did, I could see, say, in their mid-20s, Thanos becomes good because T'Challa talks to him, which is such a fun thing to like be like, oh, yeah, let's let's figure this out. Uh, I think Nebula sticking by Thanos makes a bit more sense than Gamora does, because remember, mm-hmm. Gamora never liked him. Nebula well, actually wanted was... to impress him, so she wouldn't be yeah, tortured. She... Yeah, Gamora was, I mean, she was the one like all the whole time through Guardians 1 that was like, hey, I'm I'm trying to betray also, my father to so. be clear also nebula is kind of like um she doesn't like thanos in this either even if he is like kind of a teddy bear he's like ah she's like my dad no he's still terrible because i presume the thing with her eye still was thanos being terrible it's just that mm. they've they've kind of worked it out in the way yondu and peter do at the end of guardians too at least that's yeah how i kind of read it so they might have bad memories but they're both trying well Thanos probably is like, yeah, whatever, you know, uh, but, but Nebula's probably Nebula's giving him a chance because Cha-Cha is telling her to. Yeah. yeah. So so what did you think about Josh Thanos? Uh, I wonder if he'll be T'Challa's father-in-law down the road. So I wanted to put push that, <laughs> that shipping idea of Cha-Cha and Nebula a bit before I get into Josh. Uh, yeah. Uh, but but I will talk about Josh Thanos. Uh, which, let me say, it's very appropriate we've named him Josh Thanos because Josh Brolin's acting, this, unlike, because, you know, I've said, I've said, you know, it's nice to have the voice actors back, but it's not necessary. But in this case, I do think for this joke to work, it did have to be Josh Brolin reprising the role. Because yes. the, the voice is so iconic. Because it really is just the voice in his, so it's, it literally is just, oh, it's a kind of brighter purple version of Thanos. A uh, little cheaper animated, obviously, but it's um, you know, it's it's good. Uh, it works, and it's, it's mm-hmm. Josh Brolin being like, "Come on, guys, this is a good idea. Let's just kill half everyone." They're like, "Stop it! Stop talking about Captain Genocide!" And it's they just make a joke out. Of it. I really like that. I kind of like that because um, Loki, if you remember, in the first episode does what well, at the time we were like oh this is so cool they're saying the tva is so powerful by showing the infinity stones are just like paperweights but here they literally have an altered version of thanos being like hey remember when i tried to kill half the universe that was pretty funny right and to tell us like yes all you needed was a good conversation and I talked you down from it <laughs> it's so ridiculous that it's really funny mm-hmm. to me <laughs> and i think i think it's the episode is well aware of how ridiculous it is but it kind of goes, uh, well, I, I'll get to that later. But I, I like it. It's a fun idea for the character. 
to me, it adds the Ocean's Eleven heist vibe to this, in a way, because there's always the goofy brawler in, like, heist movies, and Thanos fits that bill perfectly, and that, the the lazy thing to do would be have Drax be that, but no, yeah. like, no we're gonna have it be Thanos, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really fun idea, executed well, and what didn't overstay its welcome. And then we got, as I already said, the great scene, the great closing to it for him and Nebula just talking in the Wakandan banquet hall. He's like, mm-hmm. what did you guys ever think about destroying half, killing half the people? And Okoye's like, that's called genocide. Yes. <laughs> also, I just kind of liked it too because it kind of felt like a joke. And, you know, there was a big thing when Infinity War came, came out. What ton of people were like, you know, Thanos was kind of right. And like, no, he isn't. And this entire thing to me was kind of joking on that too. It's like, it's just Yeah, yeah, I remember I remember when that came out, people were like, (laughs) he's got a point. And I'm like, okay, here's the thing. Like, how about we figure out a way to work with what we got? Like, well, it's also well, you know, people always the the go-to answer, which I agree with, is you know, you could just you have a gauntlet that alters all reality you could always just you know snap your fingers and double the resources like that's an option too you know <laughs> like <laughs> but that's that's what josh thanos remember we wrote the end of the that's mcu true. and he doubled the resources and doubled the the gravitational pull of all the planets which caused them all to collapse <laughs> into each other. You're right. <laughs> so, so it's a good thing, good thing T'Challa talked him down from that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so the next on the list is Korak, which added. was... Uh, I added was, him. I wanted yes. to... Yeah, sorry. I yeah, and to... he was... He was... Yeah. He was well, such a like a. I thought he like was just going to be in the opening of the episode, you know. I thought he was just going to yeah. be like the who's scene, but no, uh, he's in the full thing. He's hilarious in it. He's yeah, he is. He has pretty much the same size role of Thanos, if not a bigger one. And like my thing is, so talked about Jaimon Hansu before, phenomenally talented actor, utterly wasted in these movies, but here in this episode, they're like, you know, we have this great actor. Why don't we actually give him material? And it pays off. Like, And also the thing that I read that was cool is that I forgot about this is that there was a short run animated Black Panther show in the, uh, I think like 2010, where Jaimon Hansu played Black Panther. He voiced him. And so in a way, mm. it was really cool for like, I say this, it'd be really, it was really cool for longtime fans of the property because to be very honest, I don't think I ever to watch that show. Uh, to have these two T'Challas b- bouncing off each other. But even ignoring that, I just was so happy Jaimon Hansu finally had, like, a good role. You know? Like, finally. Yeah. Well, there's there's an episode. I looked up that Black Panther TV miniseries, and it there's one episode uh, called Black Panther vs. Juggernaut and Black Knight. That sounds interesting. But, but yeah, uh, no. Well, I would tell you that the one thing I would tell you about that show is if you think What If has bad animation, um, this it makes What If look like Pixar. Uh, don't do. <laughs> okay, uh, it's really rough. <laughs> I don't know how the <laughs> storytelling yeah, he, is. Maybe the storytelling's good, but it was yeah. a, uh, it was a, a, it was 
like a, a breath of fresh air. Like with his, him being able to really just go all out with this character rather than the first time that we see that we see him in the MCU. Um, if if you watch them in release order, the first time that we see him is when he's like barking at, you know, barking Ooh. orders at, at <laughs> where he's like, put that down or whatever. And and he he gets a lot of like, he gets put in a lot of roles where he's. He's he's, just, he's <laughs> very. I, mean, like, I always. I don't think you have ah, talked about the Furious Seven. Furious Seven. I've not, I always, no. His role in Furious Seven is incredible. So, okay, so the movie obviously. Well, I say obviously, but you haven't seen it. But like the post credit scene of Furious Six is that Jason Statham shows up and show kills someone. So you know, yeah, he's set up to be the villain. Everyone wants to see Furious Seven, but people forget that the actual villain of Furious Seven, the guy who's like inciting everything, and Jason Statham is just like a random guy who interrupts the plot with random violence. But uh, Jaimon Hansu plays that role, okay? Of uh, the bad guy. And I, the reason I, I bring him up, because in the climax of the movie, he gets a drone and fights, you know, obviously against the whole crew. Mm-hmm. And when they blow up his like anytime, like it's not even just when they blow up his drone at the end. It's like the cars just drive in front of the, the drone. <laughs> or like the drone loses track of it. And it's just Jaimon Hansu going, What? What? <laughs> he like just screams <laughs> what? Exactly like that. Like five or six times. <laughs> and it's his only lines it. And it's so funny. I remember it became a joke with me and some friends in college when that movie came out that we'd just be like, What? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, what a shame that he's such a great actor yet that's always what i think of when he pops yeah. up things. that yeah, he was <laughs> he was he was fantastic in uh the killian murphy alien movie um quiet place 2 he oh was, yeah he's barely in it yeah he, he was again, barely in it but he was fantastic <laughs> He's yeah. fantastic in that film. And then like he's fantastic in this episode. And I'm like, like, come on, let's give him more give him more to work with. Um, but anyways, um, and then our next character is Taserface. He's back. He doesn't He doesn't do anything, but he's back. Like he doesn't really do anything. <laughs> he's back. He's here. He, his lines, his lines suck. His lines are just kind of throwaway lines, and they feel like they shouldn't be in there. Like he's talking, well, he's it just talking because at times, that, like his lines are just like shoved into the conversation. And his I'm like, lines should go to Craglin, yeah, because Craglin's actually an established character, and it also comes to this thing where you know, Cap's gonna do stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, but also like <laughs> Guardians. This is like. To me, this is set during the Guardians 1 timeline, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, Taserface being there is just kind of weird because he's not in the first movie, you know? I guess I mean, you can assume Thanos he's a Ravager. There, but <laughs> well, okay, but that's different because there's like... Okay, the difference is is that Taserface is there when they kidnap Chala before the deviation in the timeline. Mm. That's my point. And the idea to me, Taserface to me was just kind of like... <laughs> I'm going to make him really uncouth. Well, I don't know if it's uncouth. He kind of, in a way, is like Jeopardy thing going on right now, where he is someone who just popped up recently and tried to force his way to become captain. That's how I always read his character in Guardians. Mm. 
is like he really just joined the crew and that's why he doesn't get why captain likes peter quill because he yeah. never was around when peter was actually good right well, you know good to the ravagers yeah yeah when they were working together so the idea that more. he was there since the beginning of getting peter to me was just kind of like huh i don't know that's but you got your taser face. I got my yeah, core off. And I, I think you liked face. my core off more anyway. So Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh and then the next one is Howard the Duck, which I was I was not expecting him to be in here, but I'm really glad that they brought him in. And he had um, the big role too. And I, and a pivotal yeah, role. he did. Yeah, he had a pivotal role. Yeah. And I was I was like uh when Sachala when Cha Cha is hopping around in the collector's collection, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Howard the Duck should still be in here. Please let him be in here. Like, I didn't think about it until that point. And then he walks up, like, up. He finds Howard, and I'm like, yes! And mm-hmm. uh, and it was just, like, I could have done a, a cartoon show with T'Challa and Howard the Duck. Just, like... They are the they are the two well, pals just going. Kind of related. I was really excited that Cosmo had a big role. <laughs> yeah. Cosmo the space dog. Yeah. No lines, but it was just like you know that that was an Easter egg in the first movie, and Cosmo before the Guardians, you know, became you know the movie Guardians. Cosmo mm-hmm. space dog was actually one of the more popular characters, and obviously the movie ones totally eclipsed the ones who aren't in the movie group. Um. And I always thought Cosmo sounded like a cool like idea for a character, but I get why he's mm-hmm. also not on the team because we already have a talking animal in the Guardians. Yeah. But I, I liked him being, and I liked Howard being there too. I liked how over the top he was. Uh, and I will say very briefly, um, all besides Dave Batista and Peter Quill, uh, you know the actor Peter Quill. Uh, he's you know <laughs> what I mean. Uh, yeah. Every actor in this was reprised by the original, role, including I was really surprised by this they got the actress who played uh the collector slave back who is not a very yeah. established actress at all uh i did look her up she she's been on a few shows but like actually it, like she it literally is listed she is most known for her role in guardians of the galaxy mm. uh, one which is crazy because that's not which really, is not really grabbing great role. An infinity stone <laughs> yeah her role exploding. was grabbing an infinity stone and screaming yeah she was apparently in Rocket Man, but I don't remember her. But anyway, I was just like, oh, well, I'm glad they got her because I wouldn't have thought to get her, you know, compared to, you know, like, yeah. obviously, we got to get Josh Brolin. We got to get Michael Rooker. We got to even get, like, Sean Gunn, right? I wouldn't was, think to get. Was that Benicio Del Toro for the collector? Yes. <laughs> Which was is very it? weird. No, well, it, cause he does like, more of his he average. Wasn't, he, he does, wasn't like, his very speaking collector-y. voice for yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, I think that to me was like the big like, okay, because like, you know last episode I was like, this Nexus event doesn't make much sense with the world we've seen, and I'm kind of with this collector. I'm like, I mean, the collector being so overtly villainous is a little, little much to me, but I also don't mind because I get that we need an antagonist that isn't Carrie Coon's very underdeveloped character from Infinity War. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, again, I'm okay with Benicio getting a paycheck. Um, he's a good actor. I'm just really surprised to see him in this and not really doing his collective voice. But to be mm-hmm. fair, I actually don't think that's entirely on him. I think the writing doesn't 
really give you the collector as we've seen the, in the MCU. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like the the Thanos where it's like this is such a variant version of the character. This is meant to be really the same character at its heart. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, a little, the, and a little also, disappointing, but I don't care. I've you know? I've said that this anime the animation for this show is uh it's very very much like a video game and it seemed like He's we got a to boss a boss battle. level yeah. when <laughs> yeah when the collector was like I've got this and this and I also have Korg's hand that or his arm or whatever that, yeah that I, he, I, he puts was, on but I mean it's not it's not confirmed to be Korg's arm it's a Cronin arm but uh but yeah, what one I will can assume. I, I think also um, the thing with the collector is, well, no, actually, this is not the collector. I think the action in this episode is better too, in a weird way. Even though, yeah, the last episode had the more like showy scene with her, like you know, jumping from plane to plane, beating people up. I thought the mm-hmm. action here really did a good job of melding. Particularly, I think of like when T'Challa was like jumping around the uh, compound. I was like, this is really like. That's Black Panther, but it's also still this Guardians of the Galaxy style of thing. I also noticed yeah. the musical score of this episode a lot because it both brings in, you know, the iconic Black Panther themes. And then, of course, yeah, I don't know if you remember the Guardians themes as well as I do, but the main uh-huh. Guardians theme is really good. And I played a few times this episode. I was like, this is really cool how they're really melding these together. Because, you know, we always talk about how we want that. And here we finally actually kind of got it for an episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really liked really liked how they how they melded the two the two together. Um and then you've got a note here about the watcher. Uh what were you was, wanting to say about him? Well, okay, so last week was obviously the pilot. I thought it was interesting how this week put him more overtly in the episode. Like mm-hmm. you see him in it a lot. Like just yeah. in the stars. And I guess that might also be because, you know, the sudden space, so we can put him in there a bit more, obviously. But I also was just like, okay, well, that's cool. Like, there he is. That's basically just all I wanted to say about the Watchers. He was in this episode more, and I thought that was interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. I wonder if if he'll be in it more and more. You know, as we as we go along. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, voice acting um, overall. Huge this episode. From last week. Yeah, huge. this episode was a huge imp- improvement. Um. Still, there there were moments where I was like, okay, like I I wasn't big on the collector or Taserface um, with with the uh, voice acting, but huge improvement over last week. Yeah, I also thought. Um, well, the thing is, is well, first also before we get to that, is to me my week one was Rooker, and even then I, he got me a little teary eyed. So it's like, was he really bad? If I he got me emotional, <laughs> probably not. Uh, I just was bummed you couldn't get to the Yondu voice totally. But the thing is, is like Chadwick, Karen Gillan, and Josh Brolin, and Jaimon Hansu, all four of those are miles better than anyone we had last week. Anyone. Mm-hmm. And like, they're really the four main characters of the episode besides Yondu. So to me, it was like, this is, this is great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. a good, like, phenomenal episode for voice acting to me now I, i'm gonna jump ahead i'm gonna jump back to that uh next point i have on here but first i want to say so tyler you said when you saw black widow 
you hated flashbacks and you thought they were lazy storytelling. And I defended it at the time saying it reminded me of, I don't know if I said Ocean's Eleven, but it did remind me of Ocean's Eleven and heist movies that would do that often. So I want to know what you thought of the moment where they had that heist movie flashback in this. Were you annoyed or did you or like, were you okay with that? I'm just curious. Um, There's no wrong answer. I'm just curious I, what your thought was. I was oh, I was okay with it, but also like, I think because this, this is this is where you, this is, I'm just waiting for it, because this is animation. I'm just like, yeah, it. The stakes aren't. I'm not invested in this as much as I am, in, in like the rest of the MCU. But well, I mean, I think yeah. Well, this is where I'm, I'm going to get snippy at you because I don't think it's because it's animation. I think it's because these are essentially non-canon <laughs> anthology stories. <laughs> that's, that's where my snippiness comes from. That's from your. It's not really from any. Because I, 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 I would agree. Like last week, I didn't have much. To me, the investment in this week's story comes from the fact mm-hmm. knowing it's the last time we're getting Chadwick as a lead. Yes. That, yes. That is where the investment comes from more than anything else. I would say though, to me, if we were to tell like. For example, because I actually I mentioned this to you off mic, uh, Michael Rooker said he wants a spinoff to do about like the origins of Yondu and the Ravagers. And, you know, like if that was an animated show, I'd be interested in it because it would presumably be canon, you know. And yes, mm-hmm. I know we've been saying like, oh, this is the multiverse; it's canon. I it took it kind of exists still in that area. Is like until it connects with the main movies, I'm not going to say it connects with the main movies. Yeah, yeah, that's the or thing shows. is like there's something there's like. I'm I still have that nagging in the back of my mind that's like this very well could be the multiverse is wide open now and this very well could just be another way of them telling parts of the multiverse, you know. Yeah. I'm telling those stories. Um but yeah, like you said, I'm going to wait until I have that confirmation. Um Yeah. I mean, it's it's still like for what for what it for what it is, it's still entertaining. I will say that. Like, I'm still entertained, you know. And if they did a full uh, show this week's I'd episode. I would do a full episode. Watch, sorry, was really yeah. It was really it was really uh, fun. So so yeah. And um, if they did a full show of T'Challa Star Lord, hundred percent would watch. I don't know if we'd cover it, but I would watch it. You know. What yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, my thing was what did I say? My thing with it actually to go back to my flashback thing because I actually had a point I wanted to make about it is that to me it actually didn't work. It's just because I never believed Nebula, even this variant of Nebula, would betray T'Challa like that. From what had been set up and how she knew Thanos and T'Challa, I was like, mm. no way, this doesn't make any sense. Even even yeah, with fifteen minutes of storytelling we had, like it makes no sense, especially she knowing like that you know, a, like, yeah, was it a double? Double, double cross? She, How many she said times it was a triple did she cross. cross? She actually said it triple was a triple cross. cross. Yeah. Um, I'm going to skip the action because we talked about it kind of already. And then I wanted to yeah. go to this, which is that the central conceit of this episode allowed a much larger butterfly effect because the deviation or Netflix, next Netflix, the Netflix event, uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the Nexus event <laughs> took place like 30 years 20 years prior to the episode you know what i mean it took place so mm-hmm. prior to the episode that we could have this awesome butterfly effect and exist in a totally different parallel universe compared yes. to the last one where it was just like well we gotta give steve an iron man costume so he can be useful um 
You know what I mean? Like, this was, like, much yeah. more of a... And it, it's because we didn't... It, it was... We had the what if, and then we jumped over to, up 20 years into that timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I thought it I thought that was cool. I would like to see more episodes like that, in a way. And I think the Killmonger episode might be like that. I don't know if it will be. But it could very well be, like... Because we see in the trailer, he saved Iron Man. What if we then jump ahead to when Black Panther is supposed to take place in the timeline? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... But yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- great episode. I th- yeah, we missed. Chad. I think uh, next next week we get. Uh, it's supposed to be. What if Loki introduces himself to Earth as King of Asgard? Or I think I, I think don't know. That's what... I, we haven't got a title yet. I don't think. Um, I know next week is supposed to be the murder mystery episode. That's all I know about it. I thought Nick Fury was supposed to be the main character next week, so I don't know. But hopefully you didn't just spoil <laughs> the reveal of who's been doing the murders. I don't think it will it's, be. I always what if, if it's a murder mystery episode and it's revealed that Loki's doing the murders, that's a terrible murder mystery. He's the well, obvious answer. Exactly. You know? <laughs> it's, what if what if Loki presented himself to the governments of Earth as King of Asgard using all his diplomacy? I'm not it sure what like that very, means. I but, also would say I hope that's not the full title because that's not going to fit into the Disney. It's not going to fit into the Disney Plus title section, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> all all that I'm getting for cast is Jeffrey Wright, Samuel L. Jackson, and Jeremy Renner. I know Lake Nobody Bell. Else. Lake Bell will like, be next week's episode because she's gotcha. voicing um Scar. She's voicing Scarlett Johansson now. She's voicing Black Widow for this show, and I know mm. Black Widow's in the next episode. Uh, I also thought I heard. Eh, I'll keep it to myself because I don't know if it's a spoiler or not. I do know there's one actor who's supposed to pop up next week who's a movie actor, but I'll keep it to myself. Is to- Tommy Hids is in this show, right? Is he? Yeah, he better be. Yeah, yeah. I want to know Tyke is in this show. That's what I'm unsure about. If Tyke, I want to know if Korg's mm. gonna appear. Um, but I'll I don't know if I don't know if he will because well, there's supposed to be an episode about the Grandmaster the Collector. Though. There's supposed Ooh. to be an episode about the Grandmaster, so. and we'll get we'll get um, which would be. God, I think I, can't I know I checked that Tessa Thompson is not supposed to be in the show. Gotcha. A little bit I thought a, there were six actors that were not in this that did not return. Which well, would have been I know RDJ, Tom Holland isn't Scarlett Johansson, Tom Holland, um, Chris Pratt's not. Right now, I'm, I'm, now I got the page open. Uh, Taika is on this. All right, the list of who will be in the show that is not uh, voiced by their actors is, besides, of course, the ones you listed are Captain Marvel, Peter Parker, Ultron, Gamora, Wanda, which is very weird because uh, <laughs> she has a Disney Plus show, so I don't know why she isn't in this. Shuri and uh, Pepper. Mm. Um, Rachel House is supposed to reappear too. That's exciting. It's pretty sure. Test- I'm Why pretty sure test- that Gwyneth Paltrow didn't return because she couldn't get the with credit. Yeah, said- <laughs> I'm so confused actually looking at this. How is how is a uh, Grandmaster and Topaz supposed to be in this? Topaz is and Korg. Topaz is a uh, Grandmaster second in command. I don't know if you remember her character name. Yeah, I remember. Okay, her. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but w- I don't see Valkyrie on this. I'm like. Where's my Tessa Thompson? Where's Valkyrie? How can you go to Sakaar and not have Valkyrie? 
anyway. Unless the uh, the Valkyrie were not destroyed by Hela. What if Tessa Thompson was the lead of the show with Ben Mendelsohn? <laughs> I'd watch it. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to predictions. Um, I think I'll get my King Loki with this series in the next episode. Um, I still want him in season two, Loki. Um, I think that Ego is going to be the big bad overall yes, Russell's for this in this show. episode, and he has yes. one line. It's very weird that they got him for only one line. Go on, though. And, I he's, want and he's like, I want an Oreo Blizzard small, please. That's what he does. And then he leaves. Yeah, 100%. I want an Oreo Blizzard with a side of Peter Quill. Um, uh, and then uh, I think T'Challa has returned to Earth, so it's setting him up to meet Captain Carter, Nick Fury, and Hawkeye. Um, so what if T'Challa becomes a Star-Lord slash Black Panther mesh? within the what if series or Shuri becomes Black Panther. Um I'd rather have Chadwick as Black Panther one more time, but but yeah. The I I don't know if since he returned um to Earth if that means that he'll also pick the Black Pan- Panther mantle back up or how that will go or if someone's been the Black Panther in his stead. You know Maybe it's been Shuri. I don't know. Very possible. Um, what I wanted to say is, I'll talk about next week first, but I do still want a spinoff of this show. Because um, obviously, I like a spinoff of Child Star Wars. So fun, I loved it. Uh, and I honestly don't even care about the rest of What If, because this was so good. Uh, I also want to say that to me, in a way, I wouldn't be surprised, because they've said they want to return the Captain Carter in later seasons. And as we said last week, I thought they were going to maybe do Winter Soldier from her perspective. I wouldn't be surprised if the ego tease is something for next season. And I would hope they would still go through with that tease even without Chadwick. Because as I said before, as great as he is in this episode, I think for voiceover, it'd be okay to keep using T'Challa as a character. Even if Chadwick, unfortunately, isn't around to voice him anymore. Um, So I would hope they would still go through with that idea for an episode if that is what the end is supposed to set up. Um, Although... Let's be real here. That scene should have been a post credit scene. Or a mid credit scene. Unless, of course, Ego is the main villain of this season. Which, sure. Yeah. In that case, sure. But if he isn't, should have been a mid credit scene. Um, I think he'll be the big bad. But to be honest, you could also say that about last week with the Nick Fury scene. Where they're just like, hey, you're in the future. <laughs> that could have been a mid credit scene, too. <laughs> yeah. But Yeah, that's true. I just hope we get some nice Samuel L. Jackson monologuing next week. Because I know it's supposed to be really the Nick Fury episode. Even if it is the what if Loki did something. So. All right. That's, 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 I think that, on what if. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. We can be found on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify. Apple Podcast, Pandora, and on our website, why is with tydan.buzzprout.com. Oh, sorry, we're using the old one. You didn't get rid of the YouTube thing, so yeah. I was really confused. It's okay. Uh, you can also contact us by email at why is with tydan at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at <laughs> why is with ty and- what? Because <laughs> <laughs> I sound like Siri. <laughs> you. 
you uh you yeah you had you had some <laughs> southern illinois you had some southern illinois twang on that follow us on, on twitter at why <laughs> is with ty and, and wound because i'm number one you can follow me, Tomater, aka Danny <laughs> at Letterboxd at Blank Mints for reviews of movies, including those not in the MCU. We'd also like to thank Zachary Wright for editing this here episode. Thanks, Thanks Zach. Zach. Now, uh, all right, catch you in the next one. <laughs>